Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth from Madrona Financial and CPAs, where we give you the straight talk and honest answers you need to reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that, and I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Another great show lined up for us today. And by the way, right here at the outset, I want to remind our listeners that we are a podcast. We have well over 200 shows now listed. If you've missed any part of this show or you want to hear it all over again, simply go to wherever you get your podcast and search Growing Your Wealth, Brian Evans, and there is bound to be something that applies to you. Well, Brian, this is one of my favorite shows because I get to sit back and relax and just listen. And we have a special guest in studio. I'm not going to steal your thunder, Brian. I'm going to let you introduce him. All right. Our guest today is Joel Maher. He's one of the partners here at the firm, works primarily out of our Bellevue location, but works with the advisors in all of our offices, of course. And Joel is a CPA, a financial advisor, and he's been with the firm quite a long time. Not that old, but he's been here quite a long time. Hired on as an intern in college and started out preparing tax returns pretty quick and worked his way up. And now he's, as I mentioned, one of the partners at the firm. Uh, say hello, Joel. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah. And today uh, I wanted to talk to you, Joel, because, you know, on the show I, I talk about the four of the big areas. There are actually five areas you can invest your money if you break it down. We're going to be talking about two of them. The biggest area out there is the bond market. There's actually more money in bonds than there is in all of the stocks in the world combined. So a lot of people don't know that. The next biggest area is the stock market. After that is real estate. We talk about passive real estate primarily on this show or the conversion of active real estate using 1031 exchanges and Delaware statutory trust. So we had the bond market, stock market, real estate market. We've got cash and cash equivalents. And I'll never, probably never do a show about that, Joel. I just I can't make money markets interesting and checking accounts and savings accounts. Uh, we'll talk about it uh, when we talk about liquidity, but that's about it. And then the fifth area is insurance company products, primarily annuities. And so I think the most interesting of the two is the stock market and real estate to talk about on the radio. However, the amount invested in bonds and annuities is probably more than the amount invested in stock market and real estate. So it's not something that's talked about that that much. So I wanted to cover that today with you, Joel, talking about annuities, talking about the bond market, the interplay between the two, and what's what's going on in the world right now. Kind of bring everybody up to date on that. So we'll start with a discussion about annuities. So first, I want to define different kinds of annuities. So Joel, maybe you could talk a little bit. We'll first uh, talk about something called a fixed annuity. Yeah. So a fixed annuity, we kind of compare them to say a CD. It's 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 the simplest of the annuities. Really, the insurance company is under a contract to pay you a, a fixed rate of return, some level of interest on the money that you give to them. Typically, they're held for a number of years, three, four, five years, and the insurance company is contracted to pay you a fixed interest rate on that money. Yeah, and one interesting thing, you, you mentioned CDs, and I call them CD on steroids. And I think that if you ask the typical person on the street, the typical investor, if here's my parameters, I don't want to lose money, no chance of losing money, I want to make a stated rate of return, and I want it to be the highest potential out there. What is that? Most people would say, well, that's a CD. You just explained a CD. However, you could find me any CD for $200,000 or you know, a larger CD and bring it to me. I can almost guarantee that that fixed annuity I could find you will pay more than the CD. So I think there, there needs to be kind of a, an acknowledgement of that because I know people listening to this show right now own CDs. And they feel like, well, that's because that's the highest rate of return I could get. Well, how much you get? And they tell me, and I go, well, did you know you could get much, much more from this fixed annuity? And they're like, what's the catch? 
Well, there really isn't a catch. There might be one, though. The fixed annuities tend to have, as you, as you said, Joel, longer terms. They might be three years. They might be five years. You can't buy a six-month fixed annuity. And so that's the one caveat. You get a much higher interest rate than you can with a CD, but you're going to have to hold it longer. Now, most people go, well, I want liquidity. Well, don't you have plenty of liquidity? They go, yeah, I probably don't need everything liquid. Yeah, that's that's probably the case. And most fixed and fixed index annuities have a free 10% withdrawal every year where you can take 10% of your money out without any surrender fees. So re- there is some liquidity. So that's a fixed annuity. The next one, Joel, I'd like you to talk about is the fixed indexed annuity for accumulation purposes. Yeah, so a fixed index annuity is a somewhat unique tool where you've got a contract with the insurance company and the, the insurance company is guaranteeing you against risk of market loss. So typically they get invested, measured against a stock market index, let's say the S&P 500, for example. If the S&P 500 goes down in a given year, you keep all your money. You don't risk any loss to your principal. If the S&P 500 goes up in a given year, you get to experience some of those gains. You don't get to experience all of them. There's usually a cap or maybe you participate in a percentage of the upside, but you're trading off no risk of loss or you're getting no risk of loss and trading off some of your upside potential. And so one of the questions that someone might be thinking is like, well, you just told me about fixed annuity and I have a stated rate, a fixed index annuity, I can get a zero. So why wouldn't I just go with a fixed annuity? Yeah, so the trade-off is the fixed annuity, you you know what you're going to get under the contract. The fixed indexed annuity, you're playing to the odds that over time, they're likely to outperform a fixed annuity because you do get upside participation in the stock market. Yeah, and the, the fixed index annuities, especially right now, and this is why I think this is a timely topic, I've never seen the rates paid out on fixed index annuities higher in my entire career than they are right now. And what that means is a fixed index annuity, as we mentioned, has a floor of zero and a ceiling or a participation rate. So let's talk about the ceiling. So I'm just going to throw a number out there. Let's just, for example purposes, I'm going to round off 10%. Let's say you happen to buy a fixed index annuity. I'm not saying you can or you should or anything like that, but let's say you happen to buy one with a ceiling of 10. For illustration purposes, if the market goes up six, you get six. If it goes up 26, you get 10, you get the ceiling. If it goes down 26, you get a zero, you have a floor, and you never go backwards. You never give any back. So statistically, over the last 100 years, the stock market has gone up more than 10% approximately 50% of the time. I think the number is 49. So half the time statistically over the last 100 years, I don't hear some thinking, well, last 100, who cares? I care about the next five or 10. But over the last 100 years, half the time, the market, you would have made that cap, the ceiling. One-sixth of the time, the stock market does between zero and 10. And about a third of the time, the stock market loses money. So a third of the years, if you were to hold this 100 years, which of course you wouldn't, but uh, over the last 100 years, a third of the time, you would have got a zero. And half of the time, you would have gotten 10. And then uh, one-sixth of the years, you would have gotten something between zero and 10. So the reason that we would use a fixed indexed annuity over a fixed annuity is because the fixed indexed annuity, on average, as you said, Joel, on average, has produced higher returns than the fixed annuity. And again, I haven't been talking about this much on the radio the last few years, and that's for a reason. I mean, I love security for my clients for a, a portion of their assets. So I like the fixed index annuities, I like the fixed annuities. However, fixed index annuities did not have good ceilings two years ago. And so I wasn't talking about them much. Now, I think I owe it to my listening audience to mention that I've never seen them with bigger, higher ceilings. So if your parameter is, I want a portion of my investment portfolio to maximize its potential rate of return without any risk of loss, then we would put you in a fixed index annuity with either a ceiling or a participation rate. Can you explain the participation rate quickly, Joel? Yeah, just the participation rate states that you get X percentage of the performance of an index. So rather than having 100% of the upside up to a cap, like Brian mentioned, 10%, for example, you might get 50% of the upside of an index or 35% of the upside for an index. So if the market is up, say 10% and you get 50%, your annuity would earn 5% interest in that year. Yeah. And why someone would go with that is there are some years, of course, when the market's way up. 
post-COVID, it was way, way up. If your timing was right, I saw some crazy returns on participation rates. And so you might blend the strategies. You don't have to just pick one on an annuity. You can say, well, I want half the money with a ceiling and I want half with a participation rate. If they offer that, then then that would be something you could pick. But the, the bottom line here is, you know, a lot of people go, well, you know, I, I appreciate the market goes up. And I'd either like a percentage of that or up to that, that ceiling. I, I can't take those losses. And, you know, if I put money in the market, yeah, my participation rate's 100%, but it's 100% on the upside and 100% on the downside. I just can't mm-hmm. stomach that downside. And a lot of people I talk to, they've gotten to a point in their life where I have enough money if I don't screw it up. <laughs> it's just simple <laughs> as that. If I don't mess this up, if I don't lose it, I'm fine. I need to make some money, though. But I can't be taking 100% risk with 100% of my portfolio 100% of the time. And all my advisors, that I, all the advisors I've talked to and interviewed say I need to risk 100% of my portfolio 100% of the time. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment is, and why do I say that? But yeah, but aren't they saying they're taking risk off the table with their 60-40 stock bond split or their 40-60 stock bonds stock split or whatever? Uh, no. We're going to talk about that and give the statistical analysis of that in the next segment. So this is a very critical area if your parameters are to protect some of your money. And most people in retirement, I have not met, I don't know, Joel, uh, maybe you can tell me how many people you've met that come in and say, I want 100% risk 100% of the time in my retirement. Very few. There's some that think they do. And then as we explore and ask more <laughs> questions and, and go through our discovery process, we realize probably 99% of the people that even say that to begin with decide, oh, wait, no, I guess you're right. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, I guess I should take back that none of my clients would say that. Yeah, they probably aren't my client. I mean, I have had people come in and go, no, I want to risk all the time. You know, I want all my money in a particular stock or whatever. That's fine, but we probably aren't a good fit as your financial advisor. We're a really good fit for a vast, vast majority. You just mentioned 99%. I would, I would second that. A vast, vast majority of people would find that our approach is exactly what they want. They want us to look at all the different aspects of the markets. Look at the bond market and decide yay or nay and, uh, as to whether we have them or what percentage. Look at the stock equities market and analyze that. Uh, look at the passive real estate investment market, the annuity market, the cash and cash equivalents for liquidity that we would come up with doing your financial plan, et cetera. So So I'll uh, have to go to break here. When we come back, we'll talk about the other kinds of annuities and then expand into uh, the bond discussion that I was talking about earlier when we get back from the break. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we're joined by Joel Maher, one of the partners at the firm. And we're talking about annuities. Now, we left off, we talked about fixed annuities and fixed index annuities for accumulation purposes. The next kind of annuity is a fixed index annuity also, but for a different purpose, and that is lifetime cash flow. Can you expand on that, Joel? Yeah, so the lifetime cash flow fixed index annuities, are, they, they operate similar to the accumulation ones. The difference is that they're designed to pay out cash flow. So the crediting mechanisms where you can get a participation rate or a cap of the upside of the index function very similarly. At some point, though, the investor would decide, I want to turn on income for life and the insurance company is going to guarantee a flow of income for as long as that individual lives. Well, gee, Joel, that sounds like a pension. You're basically self-funding a pension using an insurance investment. Okay, so for those of us that don't have a pension, this would be a way to self-fund our own pension. Are there any benefits or detriments of a fixed index annuity for lifetime cash flow, I should say, versus a pension? Yeah, the benefit of the, the annuity compared to the pension is the annuity once you turn the income stream off, if the investor dies prematurely, there can be a remainder value that goes on to the heirs versus a pension. When the beneficiary passes away, the remainder value goes away and the company that issued it keeps the core value within their fund. Yeah, essentially a pension is an annuity uh, purchased by the company. But yeah, as you mentioned, Joel, that money goes away if you die prematurely. So even if you had you passed away and then your spouse gets the pension, Well, if your spouse passed away too, and let's say you're only five years into retirement, well, you didn't get very much money out of that pension. What's left for your heirs? Well, that'd be nothing. 
pensions don't go to heirs. Whereas an annuity, you can have a premature death, you can have a death benefit. Some of them even have some additional free life insurance for a period of time, essentially. And they can be used for money. If you needed money, you can take money out of an annuity. You give up the, the cash flow for life. So they do have some benefits that pensions do not. You can get fixed index annuities with lifetime cash flow that are either flat cash flow or an increasing cash flow, kind of like a cost of living adjustment. So when I talk about fixed index annuities for accumulation, as we did in the last segment, I equate that to a CD on steroids, and we're equating this one to a pension. And so that's the other kind of fixed indexed annuity. Now, why would you buy a fixed index annuity for accumulation that doesn't have a lifetime cash flow? Why wouldn't you just go into the lifetime cash flow? Is there some difference there? Well, oftentimes people may not need the income. So they could have social security income. Maybe they already have a pension. They've got sufficient income to cover their lifestyle needs. And so the accumulation annuity might be focused more on their growth portfolio to say, hey, I want money that's invested that can grow and accumulate, but does not have the same risk exposure that a true, you know, a full on stock portfolio might have. And so that would be a benefit to the accumulation annuity compared to adding additional income. Yeah, another thing I've noticed on the uh, lifetime cash flow annuity, sometimes they have a rider charge. And so there can be a fee to have that benefit. There's nothing's free in this world. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's nothing free. And the biggest difference, I would say, is we talked about accumulation annuities, how you can get a, a really high cap relative to where it's ever been or a participation rate. You can't get those same crediting methods typically from an annuity with lifetime cash flow. They just, they can't do both. And so I, I call it, where, where do you want to put the juice? Do you want to put the juice into your account balance or do you want to put the juice into your lifetime, into your cash flow? You can't have both. Well, you can have both, but not to the same degree. So if my goal is protected growth, maximizing that, I want the accumulation fixed index annuity. If my goal is guaranteed lifetime cash flow for me and my spouse, I want the other one. A lot of our clients, however, have both. You don't have to pick one or the other. You can put money into different purposes because everybody has different purposes. The five purposes I can come up with is growth, liquidity, cash flow, security, and tax savings. Now, the fixed index annuity that pays guaranteed lifetime cash flow does really good on the cash flow and security. And so if you're looking for cash flow and security, which, by the way, a lot of retirees are looking for those two things, like all of them, just about, then that can be a good thing. If you want decent growth with security and some liquidity, you go with the accumulation fixed index annuity. If you just want growth, you put more stocks into the, your, your portfolio. You know, if you, if you want tax savings, you do Delaware Statutory Trust or Universal Life or different things we've talked about on the show. So every investment category has pros and cons and accomplishes some goals and uh, the annuities can accomplish some of those goals. And in an upcoming segment, we're going to talk about how the messaging on them is really fouled up. And that's why we're talking about it here. I appreciate you listening to this one because we're actually going to talk about annuities straight up, which this information is just not out there. I listen to this, some of the other shows and read all the articles on you know in this industry. And there's just a lot of misinformation. Generally, you can go back to where where's the money, you know, follow the money. People get paid to sell what they're selling. So we've talked about fixed annuities, fixed index annuities for accumulation and for cash flow. And then the other one, uh, what is the the other annuity that would be out there? Well, this is probably the one that's most talked about in in a negative sense, which is a variable annuity. Now these, if if you hear on the radio or TV, I hate annuities and you should too, often they're talking about this type of annuity because they're structured in a way that they're only sold by a broker and they typically have high fees up front, big commissions, internal fees ongoing, and the money is often at full risk to stock market losses. So a lot of the benefits that we talked about earlier with fixed annuities and fixed index annuities, these don't necessarily have. Yeah, they, they, they certainly don't. You know, the variable annuity is what's talked about the most. And the primary reason for that is because more of them got sold than the fixed annuities and fixed index annuities. Because for years and years and years and years, we didn't have financial advisors held to the fiduciary standard. We had stockbrokers. You think of your, your big firms, uh, anybody with a stadium named after them, certainly. But your Wall Street firms, they dominated financial advisory for, gosh, 100 years. Go back to J.P. Morgan, you know, way back. That's how you access the stock market. That's how you access products. What do they sell? Variable annuities. Can you go to Merrill Lynch or or Edward Jones and buy fixed index annuities? I don't think so. They they don't sell them. 
Well, why not? Well, I won't get into why, but let's just say that you might be able to buy a variable annuity from them. But didn't you just say that they're at full risk of market losses? Yep. And high fees? Yep. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound as good as those two fixed index annuities you were just talking about. Nope. It doesn't sound that good to me either. And so we have helped a lot of people, once they're out of surrender, move from a variable annuity into a fixed index annuity to accomplish the purposes they want to accomplish using what's called a Section 1035 exchange. Because some people go, well, I don't want to cash in my annuity. I'll get drilled on taxes. Well, we got a couple CPAs on the uh, radio show today, so I don't think we're going to let you get drilled on taxes on that. We're going to do a Section 1035 transfer uh, exchange of one annuity contract for another, and we can get you into fixed index annuities. We have to, again, be cognizant of any surrender fees that are left because a lot of them still have them, might be in surrender period, but a lot of them are not. And so we can look at your annuity and just tell you whether it's a good one, not a good one, whether it's variable or fixed or fixed indexed and what it is. That's one of the services we offer is an analysis of that. Because I can pretty much guarantee if you're listening and you have an annuity, I know this now, I'm not picking on you, the listener. I'm just saying, based on my experience, people come in and they'll say, I, yeah, I have a, an annuity or two. I say, well, what kind? Well, I don't know. What was their purpose? I don't know. Do you know who it's with? Uh, they changed their name. I know. Okay. Do you know what it's worth or whether it's, I don't, I don't understand the paperwork. Of course you don't. They don't make it so you can understand it. And it probably was never explained to you well in the first place. And I might say, what can you tell me about that annuity? I can tell the person to say, well, I can tell you the salesman wouldn't let me go until I bought it. Uh, you know, they're pushed. They're, I, I've heard the expression, uh, nobody's ever bought an annuity. They've just been sold one. Well, hopefully that's not the case here at our firm. But, you know, when they're appropriate, they can be super tools for the job. And uh, variable annuities, we will not put you into one. So today, you know, we're going to continue our discussion, but it's going to be more about the fixed annuities and fixed index annuities, of course, because I've always thought if you want to be investing in the stock market, don't do it through an insurance company. Do it on your own. Do stock market investing or have your financial advisor do your stock market investing. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me to put it through insurance company first because, uh, again, the variable annuities do not offer offer security, the same kind of security that fixed index annuity does. And uh, again, they have pretty high fees. So we're concentrating on the other kinds of annuities. Now, some of the people that sell annuities, you know, can I just go out and buy an annuity, Joel? Or how how do I get an annuity? And and what kind of things might I be looking at there? You're going to buy an annuity through either an insurance agent or or some sort of a stockbroker rather than going out and, and purchasing yourself. You can't necessarily go to an insurance company and say, hey, I want your annuity and just purchase it direct. So you are going to be working with somebody. A lot of times it's, it is an agent that sells only annuities. And what I've seen as a kind of a, a pitfall in working with those people is because they only sell one product. There's only one way that they get food on their table. So that's the most important thing for you to have in your portfolio. And maybe all of your money should go into it or a significant portion of your money should go into it. Well, it's hard to really make that decision, I think, without having a full picture of your your goals and your needs and really having a, a full service financial plan put in place. Yeah. I mean, one of the pitfalls of that, though, is that every financial advisor I know says that they do that. They'll say, well, I'm going to analyze your entire financial portfolio and come up with the best solution annuity. I mean, uh, yeah, or stock market or whatever it is I sell, 60-40 stock bond split. We're going to solve for that. And so, oh, gee, I I just did your financial plan. And it says here that you should have a 60-40 stock bond split and no annuities. Really? Well, what if I change some of the parameters? Well, I still comes up with that answer. Do you ever come up with a different answer? No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we'll talk about that coming up here in the next segment about the messaging about fixed index annuities because I've said the the word annuity on the show quite a bit today, Joel. And it's funny, I I drive around on the weekends listening to to radio shows and I absolutely know these folks are selling annuities. I never, ever hear the word annuity. They refuse to say it. It's like it's a four-letter word. Yeah, it's crazy. Say what it is. And by the way, talking about annuities without saying the word annuity week after week is not the best radio necessarily, not to be too critical of other ones out there, but I kind of chuckle. I could tell when someone is talking about annuity because they'll be talking about how bad the stock market is and how much pain you must be going through when it's down. And stock markets aren't bad. They're great over time. So they're not for everybody all the time with all their money, that's for sure. But if all you're talking about is the pain of losing money in the market and how markets are terrible because they're so volatile, I'm like, yep, you're selling annuities because that is what they say. That is what they have to say to sell their annuity. 
And so conversely, I can tell, you know, I hate annuities and you should too. Well, do you think they sell annuities? Nah, they don't get paid to. They want everybody to take 100% of the risk 100% of the time. And again, we'll talk about that in the next segment. So uh, with that, we'll go to break and start talking about the messaging on that and the bond market and how that interplays with investing in annuities when we come back from the break. Growing Your Wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Big trees fall when storms hit because they don't have deep enough roots. The same goes with your finances. Your quality of life depends on how deep your financial roots are today, tomorrow, and for years to come. If you want to learn how to design your retirement to last 30-plus years, then grab your copy of 7 Steps to a Successful Retirement by calling Madrona Financial and CPAs at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now back to more of Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And with me today is my guest, Joel Maher, one of the partners here at the firm, CPA and financial advisor. And we've been talking about annuities and the different kinds of annuities and some of the background there. And now I wanted to talk more about the bond market. As I mentioned earlier, there are five major areas someone can invest in. And to me, that's the bond market, stock market, real estate, insurance company products like annuities, and cash and cash equivalents. So I want to talk about the bond market because in our industry, the typical financial advisor, the strip mall advisor, the big company advisors that are not held to the fiduciary standard, they will put you into something akin to a 60-40 split between stocks and bonds or 40-60 stock and bond or 50-50 stock and bond. I mean, they'll do their financial analysis and in the end, they'll come up with that as an answer and bugs me to no end because of what's sold. What's sold is the idea that the amount that you put in the stock market will go up 7% a year. Oh, by the way, it's done 6 to 8%, I think three times out of 100 years. It rarely does 7% or anything close to that. It's usually more than 10 or it loses money. But that being aside, that the stock market is your growth aspect and the bond part of your portfolio is your security aspect. So we're going to talk a little bit about bonds in this segment and how was that a good security aspect? Well, let me ask you, Joel, what do you think about that one? I would say that bonds are maybe not the most secure asset class to invest in. And we were looking at markets earlier and kind of comparing the performance over the last, I think it was 12 months or so. Mm -hmm. If you looked at S&P 500 versus the NASDAQ versus the bond, aggregate bond index, do you remember what those numbers were as far as performance? I always remember numbers. I'm a, <laughs> I never remember names. I'm giving numbers. I was shocked. As bad as the stock market has been, the S&P 500 in particular, over the last 12 months as of the airing of this show, the global bond market has done worse, right. worse than the S&P yeah. 500. The S&P was negative 16 and the bond was negative 19%. Yeah. Now, year-to-date, it's not as bad. Uh, well, actually, the bond market is as bad. The s and is even worse. Year-to-date, S&P's down 25%. 20-ish percent. Oh. Yeah. The S&P's down, what, 20%? Right. The Nasdaq's down, I think, around 30%. The bonds are between 15 and 20 depending on which index you have. Now, last time I checked, losing 15 to 20% in a part of a year doesn't sound very secure to me, uh, Joel. How about you? What do you think about that? No, I think there's a lot of other <laughs> strategies that you could implement to reduce your overall risk. And it's something we've been talking about as a firm. And I know you, you talk on the radio over the last 30 years, interest rates have been dropping. And so where do you want to put your safe money? It's probably not in the bond market where we've plateaued, we've hit an all-time low, and we knew that rates were going to increase at some point in time. Yeah, when rates increase, when interest rates increase, bonds lose value, period. It's just a calculation. And so for the industry to put literally trillions of dollars of investment money into their portfolios, having it be the major or almost major part of their portfolio into bonds when interest rates were so low that uh, I remember a year ago or two, we, we talked in the show about how uh, in Japan or Germany, you can go to their government and give them $100,000 with the promise that in 10 years, they'll give you 99000 back. We had negative yielding interest rates. They were not going to go much lower, okay? Bonds were a terrible idea. Yet, what was done with your portfolio? If you're listening and you had an advisor and the advisor said, just stay the course, keep the bonds, you got to ask yourself, does that make sense? Now, I know it's easy rearview mirror to say that. 
But if you pull up an old show of ours, and we have them podcasted out there, I mean, you can find that. We've been saying that on this show, that bonds were going to be suspect to incredible losses if interest rates went up. And interest rates were highly, you know, was it more likely interest rates would go up from a negative yielding bond environment in, in Germany and Japan or down? Well, I was voting for up. So if that's the case, then you're in your portfolio and you're looking at it and go, boy, I've got three major components, the NASDAQ, the technology type stocks, it's down 30%. My stock market's down 20. My foreign stock market is down more than 20. My bonds are down almost 20. What in the world am I looking at here? This thing is a disaster. I think you had a story, Joel, about somebody who just came in recently. Uh, maybe you could share that with us. Yeah, I had somebody come in maybe two or three weeks ago because they were, one, just concerned about are they going to have enough to make it through retirement, which seems to be a topic that comes up pretty often or concern. Well, they came in, we reviewed their portfolio. They had half of their money in cash, and most of the funds came from a home sale for about 12 or 18 months ago. So they kept half of the money in cash. That portion of the portfolio did really well. The other half was all in bonds, and the bond portfolio was down 15 to 20%. So half in cash, half in bonds, and their portfolio still lost about 10% of its value in the last year. Yeah, and I imagine they, they went into that being told this was a safe portfolio. Yeah, this was safe. There was low risk. We're not putting you into exposure of the stock market. You're going to do great. Yeah, well, that didn't work out so good. So a lot of people are looking at their portfolios going, oh, wait a second, I worked 30 years and between my stock and bond, I was told diversification works all the time. And yeah, diversification, it can be a good thing if you're diversifying the right investments. Diversifying into bonds heavily when interest rates were so low probably isn't where I'd put that money. What if you'd put that into a fixed index annuity for accumulation? How much would you have lost, Joel, during this, this stock market drop? It would have lost zero dollars. Zero dollar loss. Hmm. That sounds pretty good to probably a lot of people like looking at their statements right now with that typical split. So it's, it's really important to have the right stuff. Now, we don't just use fixed index annuities. In fact, one of the things that we've talked about on the show over and over is how there are no perfect investments and no investments that don't have benefits. All investments have benefits and detriments. And so one of the things you're hoping for when you're getting advice on your investments is that they have access, that advisor has access to everything. And that is one of the big problems in our industry right now. Not only is this old age old, yeah, you put 40% of your portfolio or 50 or 60, rule of 100, whatever, uh, put all this money into bonds. But uh, a lot of financial advisors just don't have access or don't offer some of the things that are out there. Some of the things I can list off top of my head, cash and cash equivalents, as I mentioned, bond market, stock market, either through mutual funds, ETFs, or individual stocks. You got fixed annuities and got the different kinds of fixed indexed annuities. Universal life, long-term care can be an, an investment of sort. We've got Delaware Statutory Trust, Opportunity Zones, Structured Notes, Buffered ETFs, Interval Funds, Private Investments. There's all these different areas that we can help uh, a client decide what the best mix is and not just go 60-40 stock bond. That just didn't work. It did not work. And, you know, they, they can show you a graph how it worked for 40 years. Well, you know, for the most part. But uh, we had uh, declining interest rates for 30 years. And so uh, now that they're going up, bonds are not a safe place. They are not a safe haven for your investments. Annuities are. And that's why we're talking about that. Again, why would you buy an annuity over a bond? Protection, security. Bonds aren't secure. They lose money when rates go up. Annuities are secure. They do not lose money. When rates go up, they do not lose money when the stock market is dropping. And so it, it can be a very important component in your portfolio. So having that diversity of the right kinds of assets in your portfolio is critical. Again, we've been talking about annuities on here, and, and we mentioned uh, earlier that we don't hear that much on the radio why would that be? I mean, I, I think I, I had an analogy with the elections that uh, maybe you could share that with us, Joel. Yeah, you, th you think about the election season that we're currently in and who typically gets elected. It's those people that spend the most, right? The people that you see doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best pick, but you see their advertisements, you see the commercials, you see their banners. They spend, 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 and often they're the ones that, that win the election. So interestingly enough, people that spend big money marketing certain investments or investment vehicles, either in the positive or the negative, there's a reason money is being spent on those ads pushing those certain products. Yeah, and the biggest spender in our industry, the one that spends the most by far, is the one that says, I hate annuities and you should too. And so time and time again, I have had people come to my office 
yeah, I've heard you on the radio. I like what you have to say. I know you can answer all my tax questions, my investment questions. You guys really are on top of it. But don't talk to me about annuities. And I'll say, why? I don't like annuities. I okay, that's fair enough. Maybe you don't like it for your situation. Tell me why you don't like annuities. And they'll say, I don't know. I just know I don't like them. Okay, tell me about annuities. What do you know about them? don't know anything about them other than I don't like them. <laughs> kind of chuckle, but this is real. This happens. People will come in and just say, I don't like them, and I don't really know why. I don't even know what they are. I just don't like them. I'm like, well, can I tell you what they are at least so you know why you don't like them? And then I'll tell them, and they go, huh, well, maybe I should look at it anyway. It doesn't you know, sound so bad. <laughs> it doesn't right? sound, you mean I could have the maximum growth in an investment that doesn't lose money and has no chance of losing money? Yeah. Why don't I like them? I said, because you've been advertised to. Why do people vote for candidates in, in election season? I always think, you know, I'm going to vote for the candidate that, that aligns with me philosophically. And I read the issues and so forth. Evidently, I'm in the minority because I keep hearing about money. The people that raise the most money get elected. I'm like, why is that? Well, human nature says if you see something over and over, hear something over and over and over, you start to believe it. I hate annuities and you should too. Huh. I guess I don't like annuities. They sound terrible. And and one of the ones I I laugh about is this one person said, they sound terrible. And I said, well, let me tell you about this lifetime cash flow annuity. It can never go down in value. It will pay you and your spouse a monthly check for the rest of your lives, second to die. The checks will go up over time. If you both die prematurely, the money goes back into your estate with a little extra add-on for some essentially free life insurance. But you can't, you know, once those checks start coming, they just keep coming the rest of your life. Well, you hate that, right? I'm like, and they're like, well, no. Why, why would I hate that? You mean I get a check for life and I have no, you know, I, I, I can't run out of money on that and it goes up over time? Yeah. Well, why would I hate that? I'm like, I don't know. Do you hate your pension? Well, no, I love my pension. Do you hate your social security check? Well, no. Do you hate your annuity check? Well, yeah, Ken Fisher says I should. <laughs> well... Okay, this doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know anybody that hates social security checks. I don't know anybody that hates pension checks. Why would I hate an annuity check every month for the rest of my life? That's nonsensical. And so that's the garbage that we're we're told is to hate annuities, to hate a lifetime cash flow. But that's what I want in my retirement. No, you need to hate that. Here, put all your money in the stock and bond market. Yeah, but I I did and I lost 20% or whatever. Yeah, well, you're supposed to do that because I said so, hate annuities doesn't make any sense. It may not be the right thing for you in your portfolio. Maybe it isn't. But for a lot of people, it is. And having the maximum rate of return on an annuity that has no risk of loss, maybe that's not the right thing. Maybe you want all the risk in your portfolio. But for most people, they don't. So annuities can be the right tool for the right job. And that's that's why I want to talk about it. So we're going to continue uh, when we come back from break talking about some of the other messaging I'm hearing on there and about some of the people that do sell annuities, what they say, and other people that sell annuities, maybe on the radio or through advertisements or through seminars. We'll talk about seminars too when we return after the break. Want more strategies that can help support the quality of life you want for 30 plus years? Well, stick around. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial and CPAs at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now back to more of Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs, here with my special guest, Joel Maher, one of the partners at the firm, also a CPA and financial advisor. Uh, He's primarily in the Bellevue office, but assists all of our advisors in all of our offices. Our offices now are in Park City, Utah, Tacoma, North Seattle, Everett, and Bellevue. And maybe more in the future, we'll see on that, Joel. But we're talking about some of the big areas of the markets to invest in. We talked a little bit about bonds and why they aren't working, why they aren't working in portfolios yet. That is the go-to for so many financial advisors and so forth. And we're talking about annuities. And we're saying the word annuity. Now, it's funny. When I drive around on the weekends, I listen to these shows and they start talking bad about the stock market. I go, okay, you're selling annuities. How long before you say that word? I don't hear that word. Why is that? Well, as we just mentioned in the last segment, there's been a lot of money spent by a particular firm to say, I hate annuities and you should too. It's like saying, I hate social security checks every month for the rest of my life and you should too. 
or I hate having maximum returns from uh, money that I can't lose. I hate that. You know, that's ridiculous to say, but that's what we're, we're sold. Now, one of the things that I've noticed is that, you know, we can have some straight talk about annuities, where their place is, where they're good in a portfolio for cash flow security, that kind of thing. But I've noticed that there's, again, people on the radio that are talking about, uh, they're dancing around the topic of security and that they have some secret special way to, to provide that. It's just fixed indexed annuities that they're selling. Now, Joel, maybe you could talk a little bit about how our fixed index annuities compare to their fixed index annuities. <laughs> You're <laughs> chuckling. That, that, Why is a, that? That's a good one. That's rich. At, at the end of the day, a lot of them are going to be similar. They might even be the same end product, I would say that the way that we put ourselves out there is not to try and deceive people into coming in and talking about a proprietary product that we have that doesn't have any stock market risk and has stock market upside potential. This is how the product is designed. Here's how it might fit into your portfolio. Now let's discover if it's a good fit for you. Now, do they have uh, particular annuities? Are they selling it their own created annuities and we have ours or how does that work? No, these are all designed and created by the insurance companies. And so it's a matter of which insurance companies are you working with, which is an important question to ask an advisor if you are exploring the annuity investment for a portion of your portfolio. What type of insurance companies are you, you working with? Because at the end of the day, it's not proprietary to the underlying broker or advisor that's selling them. That's right. I mean, they can offer the same annuities that we can offer. But one of the big differences is if you're going to be talking to somebody about annuities, I would like to know that they're agnostic as to whether I buy it or not. That if the real estate market's better, maybe you should do DSTs or, you know, Delaware Statutory Trust, or maybe you should have a mix of different things in your portfolio. And we would talk about that too. But if I just sell annuities, guess what? You know, I, I hearken back to this advisor who was looking into offering Delaware statutory trusts and they do seminars and they never say the word annuity and they do 80 seminars a year and sell a ton of fixed index annuities. And I was listening, uh, I was on hold and the advertisement said, and this is what every advisor says, we are your full service financial advisory firm. We can handle everything from your investments, your diversification to your taxes, your tax planning, everything. We're full service. I'm like, huh, okay. And then I started talking to the guy. I said, yeah, I was listening to your ad, full service. So how much money do you guys manage in the market? Well, we don't do the market. We, we only do insurance. Oh, you only do insurance. How many CPAs do you have on staff? Oh, none. Okay, you only do insurance and you have no CPAs, but you're full service, right? Yeah, yeah, we're full service. So what kind of uh, insurance products do you sell? Uh, American equity. Oh, so you sell just American equity? Yeah. Which of their annuities do you like the most? Well, why don't we like this particular one. I said, uh, how about their other ones? Oh, we only sell the one. I said, well, let me, get, I, I'm not making this up. They do 40 million a year in annuity sales, doing 80 seminars and never say the word annuity. And they sold one product from one company and claimed to be your full service financial advisory firm and tax experts. How does that sound to you, Joel? Well, I was going to say, Brian, you're a pretty smart guy. What do you think, what do you think they're, <laughs> description of full service really is and how do they communicate it to their full service is i'm a hammer and you look like a nail (laughs) i'm gonna hit you on the head i'm gonna hit you on the head until you buy and they have a formula for following up so be careful i'm saying if you're going to a seminar be careful uh you're gonna get hit on the head if that's all they sell i was listening to a radio show just last weekend i kid you not same thing we are your full service advisor and then at the end i actually probably the only person in the world that listened to that investments are not as by you know the the fine print part at the end of the show and the fine print part literally said we are not licensed to give investment advice so they weren't registered investment advisors and we are not licensed to give tax advice so they couldn't give tax advice so that told me right there all they sell was, was annuities and yet they were claiming the entire show to be full service educators of all things financial tax and everything else they do everything under the sun and I'm like going wow except you can only do one thing. You can sell me an annuity. And since that's how you're paid, I don't think you really care how your your version of education is. I'm going to educate you on why you should love my annuity and hate everything else, including the stock market. So conversely, with a company that says, we're going to convince you to put all your money. What was your name? Mabel? How old are you? 80? Okay. Yeah. You need to put all your money 100% at risk 100% of the time because that's how we get paid. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? So that's what we're looking at there. So the messaging is all fouled up right now. 
now. And be careful about, again, about the seminars. You're going to be invited to seminars. As soon as you hit 55 and you have a certain estimated net worth, you're going to start getting these postcards. Hey, come have a free dinner. We're going to just educate you on lots of planning tools and all this stuff. They're going to try and sell you an annuity. And they're going to say they do everything. You know, it's it's weird because in our industry, Joel, we put this firm together for a reason. It does something different. Maybe you could talk about that. But the problem I have is, of course, the messaging. Yeah, and I would say on the messaging, be cautious because if something sounds too good to be true, oftentimes it is. And that's how they position these as they say you can you, you get all the bells and whistles, you get your cake and you can eat it too. And if you don't bounce that off of maybe another opinion, whether it's a, a friend or a relative or another advisor to just take the temperature to see if this is in reason, you know, a lot of times people get sold something that they don't really realize what they're getting sold. Yeah, and I, I find, you know, myself talking on the show, I get excited about the firm we put together. We put together a full-service CPA firm, registered investment advisors, insurance license. We do real comprehensive financial planning, what-if scenarios uh, to figure out the taxes, estate planning, business succession, 1031 exchange into Delaware Statutory Trust. We can talk about revocable and irrevocable trust, update your will to save the estate taxes, advanced charitable gifting strategies, long-term care, all this stuff. We do all that stuff at a very high level. And I'm listening to these other people. I know they don't do that, yet they say they do. So everybody's saying the same thing. And it just, it kind of bugs me, frankly, mm-hmm. because I worked pretty hard to get here, Joel. Maybe you could comment on that. You worked pretty hard yourself. Yeah, I worked I worked pretty hard to get here. And, <laughs> and we've, we've designed and overhauled the business to a certain degree. I mean, the core concepts, I think, the, the vision that you cast when I first met with you to ask for an internship, it was a unique firm at the time where it was it started as a CPA firm, the advisory firm was added on, and then this goal of really providing full-service, comprehensive financial planning to investors that really there are not many firms out there like us. There are very few, if any, I would say. And so really at the core of what we do when working with people is creating a plan first. We have different tools. We have different investment strategies. We can do what the annuity salespeople can do. We can do what the stockbroker salespeople can do, you know, everything in between. But we want to make sure that we're finding the right answer and the right solution for your individualized plan. And that's really at the core of our the seven steps to a successful retirement and how we build our plans is making sure that's covered before we even talk about product or how a certain investment might fit into your strategy. That's a good point. I've, I've had people come to me and you know they say, well, I've talked to four other advisors and within 15 minutes, they're talking about selling me their product. And they don't even know who I am or what I am or what I want. I say, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> we absolutely don't do that. We do have a process and the process takes more time. It takes more of an investment. Now, I understand, I've talked to you know the people at the firm here that are in the know on this kind of thing, that a lot of the buying population population, a lot of our potential clients out there, people that want to invest their money, they want something easy. It's just complicated. They don't want to deal with it. And I understand that, that they just don't want to go through a planning scenario and all that stuff. And, and well, frankly, they're probably not going to be our client. But for those of you that think, well, I don't mind spending a few hours to fix, you know, help fix the finances for the rest of my life. I, I think that's a pretty good investment, honestly. I always tease on this show, virtually everybody's spent more time picking out shoes in their lifetime than they have working on their financial planning for their retirement. Maybe you spend a couple hours working on that with us and we can get to the right place. But it'll take, you know, a couple hours of your time, ultimately. And one of the cool things about our firm, I think, is uh, what do we always allow? people to say? Well, people are always allowed to say no. If it's not a good fit, if it's not the right thing, you're free to say no and go on your merry way and we'll do the same. Yeah, a lot of times I'll say no for the client because part of this is making sure it's a good fit. We're not just looking for any client. We're looking for clients who want to work with us. We're looking for clients that trust and respect us and conversely that we're a good fit for. I have turned away, and I know you have too, Joel, lots and lots of clients. I, we, you know, One of the, my favorite things to do is talk somebody out of investing with us when it's not the right thing to do. They might come to us and say, yeah, I, I, I need one of those Delaware Statutory Trusts. I say, well, why? Well, I just inherited some property and... I I need to do the DST. Let's, let's, let's take a look at that. What, what would you say to that person, Joel? Well, if you just inherited a piece of property, you would have gotten a step up in cost basis. And so there's no tax implications of selling. So a DST would not be a good fit for you. 
Oh, well, what should I do with the money then? Well, then let's let's explore and look at options and look at your plan and your goals and your needs, and then we can put a strategy together. Well, well I wanted to buy a house in the next year, and uh, it's going to cost me five hundred grand. I got six hundred. Should I invest that? How how should I invest the six hundred? Well, you might want to put that five hundred grand into a cash account to purchase your home with. But that's not invested. So, aren't you going to sell me something? Oh. Oh, yeah. So sometimes the answer is no, that it doesn't make sense to invest your money with us. And there's a better thing to do because money is, you know, investments are purpose driven, that there's no good or bad investment necessarily. Well, after the fact, it might be, but they're purpose driven. What's the purpose of that money? Is the purpose of that money for your house? Then keep it liquid. Is the purpose of that money to provide you and your spouse lifetime cash flow? Then look at a fixed index annuity. Is the purpose to maximize growth without regard to risk? Put in the stock market. Is the purpose to have secure money that can have the maximum returns with some liquidity and maybe a laddered approach? Again, fixed index annuity for accumulation. So every kind of investment can solve a particular purpose. And there's no just one investment that does everything. We would want to mix all the different kinds of investments as are appropriate for you. So uh, already running out of time. Boy, that was a quick hour, Joel. Thank you. Uh, any any final comments about uh, what we were talking about today, Joel? Oh, I would just say to any of our, our listeners, if you heard something that sounded interesting or you want a second opinion on your portfolio, maybe on the annuities that you hold, give us a call because we can review, we can analyze and help you discover whether a change needs to be made. Or if not, then we'll let you know that too. And even though we sell annuities, we won't sell you on annuities. Right. So I think that's an important distinction between uh, us and maybe some of the other people out there. Well, again, thanks for being my guest, Joel, on the show. Uh, Hour went really quick for me. I look forward to having you on a a show in the near future. Uh, We've got a lot of topics we can cover. And with that, uh, appreciate you spending time with us on the radio today. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. 